your award for working with solitary confinement. That's gonna be a great lead into the podcast, guys. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, welcome to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., and in front of me are my two favorite people in the world, my friend Calvin McGowan and Philip Dixon. Guys, go ahead and let the people hear your voice. Uh, Once again, it's a pleasure to be here. As always, I'm Calvin McGowan. I hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Uh, And like, it's good to be back as always. Yep, and my name is Philip Dixon, a.k.a. R.I.P. Virgil, and uh, it's good to be here, it's good to be with everybody, and I hope you had a happy and joyful Thanksgiving as well. I ate turkey, so, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. That's dry. Keep going. Yeah, um, guys, Philip is clearly back from a training montage from the Rocky movies in Calvin has just got back from Hawaii. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into some NBA topics. Let's go ahead and get into the big news. Michael Porter Jr. is gone for the entire season. It looks like with another back surgery um, It's part of the reason why he got drafted so low in the first well, well, in his draft at 13. But um, what does this mean for the Nuggets? Um, that them drafting Bull Bull was an absolute great decision. If used right. Mm-hmm. If used right. Um, because he's doing really good when he plays. The issue is they're just so deep. And people kept going for, whole, for this year and last year. People kept going, why do you still have Bull Bull? Trade Bull Bull. Bull Bull needs more shine, blah, blah, whatever. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr. has a lot of confidence in himself, but the Denver Nuggets were still playing it as something could happen because this guy has been shown to be injury-prone since he graduated from high school, right? So having Bull Bull as a backup, because remember, he's only 22 years old. Having Bobo as a backup to try to fill in some of these spots that Michael Jordan or Michael Porter Jr. would have been in, smart move. So I'm just giving so out out of all this news, I think there's a possibility for me to give like an A plus or an A to the organization of the Nuggets themselves out of such you would think detrimental news. Um, yeah. So. And, you know, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. This year, at least, I don't think it will mean all that much just because his scoring was down, his shooting was down. I'm not really sure how his defense looked, how his defense looked. But, like, even better defense wouldn't have necessarily been particularly good defense. (laughs) Um, And fairness, I'm not sure how much run bowl gets out of it because it's he's still like who do you play like what do you do with him on defense kind of dude um and like if he's just and like if he has the issue of like trying to like chuck it or be like a one-man offense every time he gets the ball he's it's just gonna hurt the team if he plays assuming that is the case if that is not I'm I'm sure Malone can figure something out. Like but they'll be fine. 
Yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, they they tend to be a team that not thrives when someone gets injured, but they're so deep that it doesn't impact them as much as it would other teams. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So, like, for a team to have an MVP player, for people, for their number twos and number threes to sometimes get injured and go down around them, but the team doesn't end up being atrocious, it's pretty impressive, to tell you the truth. Because um, that would be like, I don't know, like if you have the Lakers, and every time the Lakers, every time Anthony Davis gets hurt for the Lakers, or every single time LeBron James gets hurt for the Lakers, right? And you take away the second best player, arguably first best player, depending on which way you want to roll with, the whole team collapses. The Nuggets that just doesn't happen, and eventually those players will play will come back, aka uh, Murray. He'll come back, um, but Michael Porter Jr. There's going to be a timetable for him to come back. So he's going to come back eventually. Now, you know, do you want to stick with somebody that's injury prone? That's all organizational um, all organizational decisions. But if you're a Nuggets fan, you got to be happy with the way they are drafting and the way they structure a team. Just saying. I know. I completely agree with everything you guys said. Um, I am... I am really interested in seeing how this goes. Does this mean like there has to be <clears throat> like Jokic has to pick up more of a scoring load because he's been a little bit more passive this year, even though his numbers are still like amazing. So we're going to have to go into like offensive God Jokic mode, which is just more entertaining and going to be better for his MVP race. But uh, Wait, yeah, who's, man, who's MVP race? Jokic. Oh, that's over. Well, you you think somebody else is going is like far ahead of him? It was okay. So earlier this year, we did preseason predictions. Then we did like your first week take or something like that. First two week take or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And my first two week take was Steph Curry's going to be MVP. Steph Curry's going to win MVP, especially with how good they're playing. It's not close right now. All right. That actually leads me to the next segment. Do you think this bottom is ever going to fall out for the Warriors? What do you mean? Like, they are they are amazing right now. And mm-hmm. I kind of, to be completely honest with you, it's something we should have expected. Because when you look at NBA rosters across the entire league, they have the most continuity by far from any team. Like mm-hmm. their core has been together for what ten years at this point. Um, when Steph and Draymond are fully health healthy, they operate at like a really high level. Steph Curry's taking a step. <laughs> Jordan Poole is taking a step. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been incredibly solid. You add guys back like uh, Andre Iguodala, like. This is this is basically the Warriors lineup or the ro- Warriors roster that they've had their entire run. Like, yes, they've switched out some big men, but the big men have always been the pieces that can easily be like switched out where there's not like a loss. The guys there are the guys there. But there's always a moment with the Warriors, especially over the past like 
three to five years mm-hmm. where an injury comes, some type of rotational thing happens, mm-hmm. and we see a skid. If I am I am waiting for that. If they if they if they stay healthy, the way they're looking, they're winning championship. But that's if they stay healthy. And people who are injured have to come back and play the way like people who are injured have to come back and play the way we expect them to play. Not like I'm a big fan of Clay Thompson. But not everybody's Kevin Durant. We didn't come from Achilles and look like this. The high majority of people, ACL is different. The high majority of people who come back from an Achilles tear are not the same players. Like, but I don't know about Clay Thompson also because his game is running around screens and shooting. That's his game. So is what is he? What is that? He scored sixty points at one time off like less than ten dribbles. Like. His game is to run off screens and to shoot quick shots. So I'm wondering how much of his injury, his Achilles injury specifically, would take away from his jump shooting, jump, jump shooting ability. And I'm not sure it will much. I'm not a doctor, but these are just things we have to see, right? But if he comes back and he's just like even a fraction of like the Clay Thompson of old that can pull defenses out, then we're a championship. But does Steph Curry's body hold up with him doing this much this early on? That's the real question. And I don't know because he's not built like that. Like most people aren't built to be doing how much to, most people aren't built to be doing what he's doing and putting this much workload on the body and it surviving 82 game season, then playoffs. So I don't know. I hope he does. And I'm not even, I'm not even a Steph Curry fan, but this is this is getting out of hand. He's like forty three three pointers away from passing Ray Allen already. It's nuts. It's, it's it's very very nuts. But you know, I'm always weary of guards having to do this much work because their bodies tend to break down, uh, like you know, people of Chris Paul in the past. Yeah, bro. You know he's on pace to make like three hundred and twenty two threes this year. Yeah, like, like it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous, but he takes so many threes. Thirteen a game like, for Ray Allen. A lot of his game early on was not shooting threes. It was very, you know, all around, all around, offensively based. Steph Curry's been shooting threes his whole entire career and, and shooting them at a large clip. So it's really not that surprising that you know he's passing him up this early. Because this 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 has been his game his whole career, and this wasn't Ray Allen's game his whole career. Yeah, the game did. changed, and Steph Curry's the reason it changed because we're shooting so many threes. But Steph Curry's the only person that can shoot this many threes, and it work. Yeah, and thirteen years is like a really long time. It is, but remember early <laughs> on he had ankle. Remember early on he had ankle injuries, and oh, yeah. he was out for a while. He he has been injured a good amount, right? But he shoots so many threes, even with those injuries, he's still here. Yeah. And I, I feel like that injury history is the complete reason why I'm like, when this bottom falls out, like, how 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 low is the floor? Because right now, they're still in this championship. 
And that is because of Curry going like supernova. Like Calvin, can you pull up his numbers right now? I think he's still averaging like like thirty a game and playing so, like the best defense of his career. He's currently tied with Durant um, for twenty eight point six points per game. Right, he's taking thirteen threes a game, shooting forty two percent from deep, ninety four percent from the line. Like nuts, yeah. Yeah. So what is that like a top three scoring out point output for his career? Uh, hold up. Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. It is. It is. This is like MVP Steph numbers. In I'm telling you, he's gonna win MVP if he keeps it up. And that seems likely because dude's confidence is out the wazoo right now. He's gonna win MVP, man. Um, let's see. Yeah, I have not been more scared of a star um, player being made out of glass like ever. In, this is like no disrespect. The, this is his second best scoring, uh, at least in terms of points per game. This like this would be his second best season behind the fifteen sixteen season. Oh, you mean behind that ridiculous season? Got you. Yeah. Well, listen. We're talking about Steph Curry, the point guard. And this brings me to another guard that I kind of want to talk about. Did either of you see that they're taking the New York Knicks being there, taking Kimball Walker out the rotation? Yeah. Yeah. Earlier on in this season, earlier in this season, people have were like, yeah, this is a Kimball Walker that you know, Boston Celtics didn't get. He's motivated, this, that, whatever. But in the past, in recent weeks, if you talk to a Knicks fan, because obviously Knicks fans watch the Knicks game, it's more prominently than everybody else, uh, right? You talk to them, read, read about them on Twitter, whatever. They've been saying that Kimba needs to be out to start lineup and rotation. His tires, I saw somebody say, you say, his tires are busted. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently he just, he really about to be a journeyman. Is so that whatever. whole like Kim was back in New York and New York is just where he wanted to play? That's a wrap. It's kind of sad. We're like twenty games into the season, <laughs> and and he already had two completely different narratives going about him. And the thing is, people kept saying that Tom Thibodeau for the last couple weeks, people have been saying that Tom Thibodeau needs a change of rotation, and I was wondering what that really meant. Oh, because I'm not watching Nick games religiously. So I was wondering what that meant, and I was like, and all of a sudden today, or yesterday, it came out with the whole thing of um, Tom Thibodeau taking Kimball Walker out of rotation, and you would think that Nick fans would be angry that a New Yorker is getting taken out of rotation, but everybody was, like, happy, and I was like, ooh, this must have been, because this man was beloved 15 games ago. What happened? You know what I mean? Uh, so I thought that was something interesting that we could bring up right now. It's... It's it, it's New York, but um, I I don't know. I haven't really looked at their games. Kimba, it's definitely not his best season ever, but he's not wildly inefficient. He's shooting pretty well from three. His two point percentage really is something to be desired. Which is what? Uh, forty four point seven percent inside the arc. Uh, is that low for his career though? 
Solid question. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up for you. Because 44 doesn't sound like awful for a smaller guard. It doesn't, actually. But it's, um, like, I'd kind of have to assume it might be like a, a defense thing. Uh, I mean, he's never been able to play defense for real. Like, that's, the, that's not his thing. He's not been able to, like, overshadow that. His offense has overshadowed his defensive liabilities. But if you aren't playing, like, crazy offense and you're still a liability on defense, that can't be the case. Because I don't know when... Because people are happy that Alec Burke is now the point guard. <laughs> I'm, you know, Kansas City native, big fan of Alec Burke. But I don't know the last time I saw, maybe when he was in Colorado, that people were happy that he was a starting, you know, guard. You know what I mean? Um, but people were like, yeah, get Kimball out of there. We need Alec Burke. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. You went all the way back. At least get that man Utah. Utah, he was hurt. A good amount of time, so uh, no. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe Philadelphia. No, they said Ben Simmons. See, no <laughs> Colorado. But yeah, man, like Kimba. And when you look at like the teams Kimba's been on, they haven't they haven't been good enough for him to need to play defense. Like the Hornets. Like what does what does it what does it mean for you to be a good defensive player for a Consistently, like thirty win franchise. But what about the Celtics, though? Were they not good enough? They were good. No, enough. they, were, they were confused. They didn't. They didn't know what they was doing. No, they was good no. enough. You replaced Kyrie with Kimba. All of a sudden, people are like, "This is a point guard we need," and he couldn't get the job done. Look, and like, and I feel sick to my stomach talking about Kimba like this. Kimba had me wanting to go to UConn at one point. Oh, I'm so sorry. Kimba had me wanting to go to UConn at one point in my life. That's how much I was into Kimba when he was there with uh, he was there with uh, Shabazz, right? Yes. Yeah, that's how much I was into the whole Kimba Walker UConn. Then he went to the NBA, you know, got drafted by the uh, Hornets. I was into that whole thing. But to go from there to me going and having to admit that, yeah. The skid on those tires might be a little rough right now. Man. I feel sick. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I forget how much older than you are than I am because I was never, like, interested in UConn because of Kimba, mainly because I was, like, three years away from graduation while he was still playing there. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, yeah. You were younger than me. But uh, you, like... When you were watching college basketball growing up, high school, middle school, did you did, did a college kid or a college uh, athlete, best player, ever make you feel like, even for like a day, make you feel like you wanted to go to a college? Brandon Rush, baby. Really? Yeah, yeah. Look. See, it's funny. I ended, up, I ended up being the one to go to KU, but Jacob Poland made me want to go to K-State. I'm going to have to look that name up. I don't, I don't even know who that is. His freshman year was with Michael Beasley Beasley. Him and Beasley were freshmen wow. at the same time. And then K-State had this crazy double overtime game one year. They played uh, Xavier. In the, in the They played Xavier, and Jacob Pullen was pulling up from deep. If you can watch that game right now, it is one of the most incredible college basketball games you'll ever see uh, 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 in the NCAA tournament. And I really thought I wanted to go to K-State for a second. 
I'm not trying to go to Aggieville down there in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. I'm not trying to do that. Jacob Poole had me thinking I wanted to, though. And Kim Walker had me thinking I want to go to Connecticut. I'm not trying to go to Connecticut. Boy, that, that first winter would have been awful, son. I hate the winter. I was not trying to go to Connecticut. But Kimball Walker had me thinking that. So from him to go from there and making me think I wanted to be in some, like, get out scenario to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, uh, me talking crazy about him and sadly about him, about, you know, he got to go to, uh, you know, he about to be a journeyman and he can't be in the rotation no more. It's a fall from grace that I just wasn't expecting. But I should have because he's like 5'11". <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically speaking, isn't he already a journeyman? Yeah. What is this? His third team in like how long was he with the Celtics? Two years? Two years. So was that third team in four years? Journeyman's more than three teams. Yeah, I, I feel like journeyman bounced around more than that. But I it occurs to me I I've never heard a definitive definition. It's like at this point, this player is a journeyman now. Okay. Who so, is uh, your who is your who in your mind when somebody says journeyman, who do you think of? Because I think of Chauncey Billups. That's funny. I was thinking Chauncey Billups too, but I didn't want to say Chauncey Billups because he he won a championship with my beloved Pistons, who I have not watched in years and will not be watching until Kate is like extremely good. But, Calvin, can you can you, can you look up uh, the teams that Chauncey Billups played for? What Pistons, Actually, Celtics, Denver, Clippers. Oh, I forgot about the Clippers. Um, it is. He's played for more teams. He's, he's yeah, played for more teams. Dwight now. Howard in the back half of his career qualifies. No, no, we will not do yes. no slander of a Hall yes. of Famer. Watch out! Oh no, this isn't yes. about slander. He was still good. He was just bouncing around a lot. Dwight Howard? Yeah, because the league was five, like Ooh. five seasons. You said what? Dwight Howard's played for like five teams in five seasons. He's a journeyman. Yeah, because look. Uh, All his moves are political, if you ask me. You mean to tell me he was the best player <laughs> on that on that Hawks team? They were like, "Oh, he has to go for what? You don't have anything else." He's been on so many teams. I forgot he played for the Hawks. He's bro during that five year span. It was like, you mean to tell me this dude is still like a sixteen and twelve double double, and he's the problem? So what is it? Okay. Rockets, Wizards, Lakers, Philadelphia, Lakers again. Like, come on! As soon as you go, as soon as you get traded, can they come back? That's how. That's how right. journeyman you are. Uh, exactly. You're the journeyman through and through. Look, if you can do a double double for your entire career, that's people being lazy. Like, be, people would just find the reasons not to like you. You mean to tell me you you got that much of an issue? With a productive player, okay. He having that much fun, okay. Um, but uh, the Nets though. What Joe Harris out for the next couple weeks? Okay, Calvin. I'm glad you brought that up. I need to make a public apology to uh, the 37 or so people who listen to this podcast on a regular. And have been with us for the past three years. Guys, at the beginning of the season, I said something that is outright blasphemous and a tad bit crazy. 
and I'm still going to get a t-shirt that has it on there and I am going to rock with it for the rest of my days. But uh, maybe the Nets do need depth. Who would have known that injuries and not having Kyrie would have made them, you know, snook up the place, even though they are st- Calvin, put your head down. Nobody was talking to you. I'm out here talking to the fans and being apologetic and honest. I'm not I'm not doing this very often, guys. Uh, but there's still the Nets are still like a top four team out west, which goes to show you guys that I am still right, but I will gladly take my L because they are not the juggernaut that we wanted them to be the entire time. And you know, I am waiting for that new mayor to come into New York and go ahead and drop the uh vaccine man mandate so we can get Kyrie Irving back. What a that's, you don't need to do that just for Kyrie. What are um I'm selfish. I don't live in New York. <laughs> I don't get uh, yeah this one doesn't affect me. Sorry guys. Stop myself from cussing you out just now. do better sir. Um yeah please do better. You're well, they should everybody should have got uh vaccinated by now anyway. It's been there for like three four months. That's why he's not playing right now. Alan exactly. Watched, I would watch the Marvel movie and it was on Thanos' side. No, I was not actually. You mean to tell me you got all that power and you can just make more resources? Stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, he thought about it. He thought about it. He felt bad about being on Thanos' side. Um, I don't ever want to hear about Kyrie again. <laughs> like, they, him not being vaccinated is the stu- it's the most selfish move um, for this team. Release his contract, give him all the money, and just let him go because this is ridiculous. Um, the What are the Eastern Conference standings as they stand at, right now? So, uh, the Nets are currently, you know, sitting at the top. Um... Right after them is Miami and the Wizards, who are both back one game. Um, then Milwaukee, Chicago, Charlotte, and then New York, Atlanta, Boston, and Cleveland are all up in the playing area. Okay, before we, we get started on that, I take my apology back. We're number one, baby! Death is for untalented teams. He he's he just got out though, Mister. <laughs> you're just you feel like they haven't played without him yet. I'm right. I'll I'll be wrong in a couple months, but until okay. then, no, we're number one. Whatever makes you feel better. This this is just a reminder that they're gonna have to give legit minutes to both Javon Carter and Cam Thomas. Like Cam, Cam Thomas just dropped thirty seven in the G League, so that's nice. <laughs> Too bad it doesn't matter for NBA purposes. We gonna see, but it's they—they they, just—they—they they didn't have dudes they could afford to lose in the backcourt in particular, right? So it's—it's—it's it's, it's gonna be rough for them. But you know, at least they have Durant and Harden. They're still healthy. Yes. Well, as healthy as James Harden looks. He's still looking a little, you know, out of shape. 
Hey. Here's what you got. Yeah. Talent. We're gonna keep it rolling. Look, I just <clears throat> I just want us to come out the east. And I think this is going to this is a good regular season team. We have the guys where we can make it look good until March rolls around when everybody actually wants to like lock in. I think that's where our real struggles are going to be. And Joe Harris should be back then. He's not saying no, no. I have moved to Brooklyn in my head, and I have signed a ten day contract. With the front office, and I will keep getting re-signed until you know we are not a top three seed anymore. You are really on right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much does ten dollars get in ownership? Like, what what is that percentage? Like a point oh 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 one stake. Maybe. I'll take that. Maybe. You can get you can you can get a hat that Durant looked at. I feel like the hats in the gift shop like thirty dollars, dog. I don't think I'm getting that. They got a, you got a keychain. I'll take a keychain. Those little kids who beg for people's tennis shoes before games and after games have more stock in the team than you do. <laughs> That's so true. Because <laughs> they invested, they invested to get the shoes off another man's feet and just keep them. You over here in Florida talking about what what ten dollars gonna cost? Man, tonight was gonna cost you, you number one for Burger King. That's it. <laughs> a random thought. Do you can you just imagine how hot those shoes are when you get them? Like after a game? Like I feel like those shoes are ridiculous, yo. They're like size seventeens, you holding them by your chest, like fresh off that man's feet. No. No. We put them joints in a trunk. I am oh, as a dad, Bro, I'm like probably get right there. Of a kid receiving some shit <laughs> from the athlete, and like the so the shoe smells knock him out or something like that. I mean, I mean that's wild. Uh, shoe the size of your chest. What is that? Yeah, over here getting Shaquille O'Neal's shoe size twenty three, <laughs> smelling like must. Uh, you take so, the baby out the car seat and put it in the, in the shoe. Wild man, no, but um, listen, I the Nets. It's funny because you were like look at the Nets only through Sports Center posts on Instagram. You would be, you would think they're doing really bad. Yeah, like you would think they're doing bad. I think the last post I saw was James Harden talking about he's not playing well, and like. But, like, the caption under the post they posted made it seem like the team itself wasn't doing well. And James Harden's not how the numbers he usually has. But they're still number one in the East. So why are people trying to paint it like... <laughs> so why are people trying to paint it like that's not the case? You know what I mean? But, you know, they're going to be just fine. This year's NBA is, like, wide open. Uh... Outside of the Warriors, it's pretty much wide open. It's kind of like the NFL season too, right? You don't know who's really going to win at the end. Um, and the Warriors are doing things right now that if one player goes down, everything crumbles. Everything crumbles. And for you to expect that everybody's going to stay healthy on a complete season during professional sports is irrational. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens in the 82-game season. Um, but the Nets are going to be just fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm just looking at the overall stuff. They'd be their record is third in the NBA currently. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, I don't think y'all understand how we bought the rack out during the um the buyout market. I feel like we're we're going to be picking up people left and right again. Hopefully, we do not get these old men again where we like picking up Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, who I appreciate, but... LaMarcus Aldridge going off. He's having a good season. He is. He is. But that's not exactly a defensive anchor. Absolutely That's not. a bucket, not a defensive anchor. Absolutely not. And I would like to, you know, I like, I like good defense occasionally. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Uh, but I would like us to, you know, not have to score 190 points a game. And how do you do that? With defense. You know how I feel about defense. It's for the week. Whatever help, whatever makes you feel better. I don't know what to say about that. You like, also, the Suns have won their last 16 games. So there's that. Wait, so are the, are the Suns? Do they have the re- best record in the West or no? The Warriors still got it's, them. It's the Warriors and then the Suns. Okay. The Suns are gonna be fine until Chris Paul gets injured. <laughs> like, I mean, if I desert, go knock on wood. What? Go knock on wood. Like we all know, it's gonna happen eventually. But yeah. go knock on wood. I'm not gonna wood because we don't have it eventually, right? It's gonna be some Nicky knack that he has. I'm the Nazi. Don't know if Nicky knack is a real term. Uh, it's gonna be some tic tac. There you go. It's gonna be some tic tac that happens to him. A nagging injury. Uh, it's gonna happen eventually because you never have to worry about Chris Paul in the first twenty games. Yeah, but you are, you gotta worry about Chris Paul in the last twenty games. So they can win all the games they want right now. But towards the end of the season, let's see what it looks like in a Chris Paul team. That's all I gotta say. Philip, mm. that's the TikTok. That's the TikTok uh, teaser right there, bro. Bro, why did I already fire? I already thought about it online. Something <laughs> <laughs> dead serious. Fire. I've been low key trying to set people up for like a myself and everybody else up for like a all right. I can be like a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm, hey, hey, my mom working. My mom working. Look at look. We just had a production meeting. Aren't y'all proud that we let y'all come behind the scenes? But to get back to the Phoenix Suns, have y'all watched any of their games this year? I haven't watched a a single Phoenix Suns game. Like, I, I, do, you know what, do you know what Bridges said on uh, uh, JJ Reddick's podcast? No. So, well, first of all, shout out to JJ Reddick for being like the coolest white kid ever, right? Because <laughs> uh, like he like Isn't that man like thirty five. Yeah. And no, uh, but like you know, like it's just those, those 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 white boys that play basketball that are like just cool. You know what I mean? And JJ Reddick, like not a nerd or a dork. He's not a dweeb. He's a cool guy. So shout out to him for that. But Bridges was on his not Bridges. Bridges is the guy with the big mouth, right? Yeah, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, Mikael Bridges with <laughs> the big mouth. <laughs> yeah, but he was on his uh, podcast. And, you know, they're talking back and forth, like, J.J. Reddick has people on. And J.J. Reddick says he went to ESPN to, like, you know, do, like, you know, uh, be a talking head for the NBA, essentially. And 
Um, he was there. He was there for about five six hours and didn't get asked one question about the Phoenix Suns. This is like last. It's like two or three games ago. So they had one double digit games in a row, right? Like twelve or something like that. And Bridges goes, uh, I mean, unless they listen them up, I don't care what they got to say. <laughs> he was like, I don't care what they got to say. They're not lacing up the shoes. So who cares? We win in games. We don't need to be talked about. But all that says is no one really knows they've won this many games because the media isn't showing, isn't, they're not showcasing they've won this many games. So if you're a casual basketball fan and you wake up in the morning and you get your basketball information from Get Out or uh, Stephen A. Smith or Get Up, whatever it's called, Stephen A. Smith or Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless, then you're not hearing about the Phoenix Suns. But the Phoenix Suns are out here really killing it. But once again, it don't matter. Because the first 20 games don't matter with them. It's the last 20 games. Because they're arguably first, second best player. He old. And he has a history of injuries. So we will see. Because right now, don't matter at all. That's all I got to say about that. Right. So <clears throat> do y'all consider that lazy reporting? Because I do not... I haven't watched ESPN regularly in probably like three, four years, just just because I, I get I get bored of hearing the same exact team. Like every time I click on the thing, is is the Cowboys or it's the Lakers? I don't care about either one of those teams. Like even when they're good, I do not care whatsoever. So like it, it makes me feel bad when I like I I even got the little bit of bug where it's like man the the Nets suck, and then you go look at the standards and they're like. The clear cut number one team in the East, but you don't hear yeah. that. I don't consider that laser report. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't consider it laser reporting. I consider it like uneducated reporting because mm-hmm. I've always thought about it like this. And if you're a fan of a certain team, you can tell. If you're a fan of a certain team, and like you're like, like the home team you have, you can always tell that the people on TV do not know what they're talking about. These people are not at home every single night watching every single NBA game that comes on TV. They're not. They're watching probably the exact same thing. They're watching their favorite teams. So if it's Mike Wilborn, he's watching the Bulls. If it's CNA Smith, he's watching the Knicks. Uh, you know, everybody has their their, their, their team. When Michelle Beadle, when she was there, it was the Spurs, right? So they'll watch those teams. And then they'll get, like, summaries of every other game that they're willing to talk about. They don't watch these games. So why should I take their opinion about a game they're not watching? A, a game that they're, that they're just getting summarized and watching highlights of. If you really know basketball, you know you can't get everything you need from from highlights. Right? Shout out to House of Highlights. But people think they know basketball only by watching their, their nine-minute clips of the games. No, you got to watch the actual game, the intangibles, why people miss the shots, not just all the shots they make. The assists that were good, but the person didn't make them. You gotta watch all these things. But unfortunately, these ESPN pundits don't do that really. And a lot of people listen to them before they listen to, like, you know, uh, most of these people aren't gonna read articles from The Ringer, right? They're not gonna do that. It's much easier to get that two minute YouTube clip. So, you know, I don't think it's lazy reporting, I just think it's uneducated reporting. I mean, I think it's probably a couple things. One, the teams that tend to get reported on are tend to be considered some of the bigger media markets. They also, more importantly than that, are some of the more popular teams. 
the Lakers, even though, like, you know, I'm not a Lakers fan and don't particularly care about the Lakers one way or the other. The Lakers are a popular team. The Cowboys, a popular team, right? People pay attention when you start talking about those teams. But, and it's kind of just pandering to what two lowest common denominator, for lack of a better way of saying it. Like, you know, if you say something about the Lakers, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, I guess, like, Golden State Warriors, like, people are going to, like, pay attention. At least a larger number of people than if, like, you talk about, you know, the Suns and how, like, yeah, they're playing some really good basketball right now here in the, what, first chunk of the season, right? And, like, Booker is shooting the cover off the ball from three and whatever. And, like, these things are things you and I care about. But, like, somebody who is just, like, a casual Lakers fan in, like, the middle of nowhere or what have you isn't particularly interested in what the Suns are doing. Fairness, before, like, a year or two ago, we probably weren't particularly interested in what the Suns were doing. In fairness, they also weren't very good. Big fact. I just want to put that over. Big facts. Absolutely dreadful. Um, and, you know, it's it's a thing where it's like it's a business. And, like, the I'll put it like the easy money is in talking about the Lakers. It's in talking about the Nets. It's in talking about those teams with the larger fan bases. Regardless of whether or not they're actually good or whether they are they they have the most interesting stuff going. That made life so much easier though. Do you remember those days when you were a kid growing up and you would just watch first take and you thought that you were getting the information you needed to know about sports? Like that was just so easy to think like like my freshman year of college, first semester, I literally remember watching first take every single morning. And I'm just like, this is such a relaxing way to know about sports. But then you quickly find out with debating with your friends, you don't know nothing about the sport because you're just regurgitating everything you heard Stephen A. Smith. And at that time, for me, Skip Bayless say, well, actually, I'm smart enough to never regurgitate him. But Stephen A. Smith, Thank right? You. <laughs> but Stephen A. Smith, would, like, still, right? Like, But if you know Stephen A. Smith, you don't regurgitate him right now. You know what I mean? So back then, when he had to, like, to always say the polar opposite of Skip Bayless for the reasons for the show... I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm not doing that anymore. But back when I was, that was the case, that made life so easy. I'm like, this is what, like, what I felt at the time is what these old folks watching Fox News feel right now, right? <laughs> You're over here watching Tucker Carlson and just, like, uh, hating the world, whatever. And because they're only basing everything they do off of the hour they get from that man's little seg segments. And that was me back in the day with Stephen A. Smith. But right now, it turns out when you do your due diligence, it's harder work. But at the end of the day, you know more. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? But it's <laughs> people still falling prey to that trap, though. So, Guys, we promise when we sell out, we will not be like those other people. We will Sorry. take the bag and still give you. Yeah, no, trust me. I'm trying to flip this. I'm going to be worse than those other people. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we only gonna talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, bro. <laughs> Exclusively Memphis Grizzlies podcast. We're only gonna watch one game a week. Breaking news: John Morant hurts his knee or something. 
Damn, nigga, keep knocking also on breaking wood. news he <laughs> finally <laughs> dunked on Gobert so it's a win well it, it comes out in the wash I, actually I don't think he's actually done that yet fairness but like I'm sure those two I'm sure those two headlines will come together I just feel it the fact that you almost together. said it's a win-win which is like yeah one's one game one moment the other is like his career is not that's hilarious no but he's hurt right now though Dang. Okay. I, mean, I, I kind of expect that. So I wasn't really. I, 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 only wait, wait. I think I, matter of fact, I think I heard about that. The only reason I said that is because he hurt his left knee. Uh, he looked at the left knee sprain or something like that. Yeah. Like, games ago. So I'm not. I don't want John Morant to get hurt, but the way he plays the game, it's, as a uh, Derrick Rose fan, it makes me cringe. He'll, he'll probably be fine. Hey, sports medicine is so advanced now. We, we do not have to worry about these things. Like it could be advanced to ten men. Like a decade ago, it couldn't be advanced. That a decade ago is a decade ago. We're here now. Look. But also, Calvin, you should be the one as a Memphis fan knocking on wood after saying he'll probably be fine. So point taken. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I feel like that's not the wood that you knocked on. Some Look. fake wood. <laughs> fake <laughs> that's wood. what you're getting. All right. You don't care about your man's. That's awful. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <clears throat> guys, that I can't be. think of what's up. Oh, I'm about to say that may be it. Philip gotta get out of his office and go home. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I'm going you're crazy good. Out I'm going crazy out here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Philip out this mental institute. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. Go ahead and do us a favor. Hit that lock, like button, not the lock button. Unless you just want to lock us into your heart forever. We'll, tr- we'll truly appreciate that. Uh, we're going to have a donate button at some point, please, because I'm starving and uh, I, I can't eat even Thanksgiving food. It's, it's going on almost a week and the ham is dry. Uh, I got like a small sliver of mac and cheese left. Uh, it, it is, and I'm lactose intolerant. This is this just isn't good for my body anymore, guys. Are you really? I so am. Your your body inferior. That sucks. Inferior? I don't think that's a word. Inferior. Mister, I got two degrees out here. Don't know what words are. But go ahead, like, subscribe. We're about to get out of here. Again, I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., and I will let my good friends go ahead and sign us out here. Uh, once again, you know, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's always a pleasure to be here. Um, don't have much to say. Jaden Ivey is really good at basketball. I just wanted to throw that out there. Have a good rest of your week. Um, my name is Philip Dixon. You know, welcome to Arkham Asylum. Um and uh, you can call me Mr. Three Degrees because I have an associate's also. Get at me. And guess what? I am the glue of Traveling Hoopers. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm really getting crazy out here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's all I got. Oh, and uh, we should be doing a Prospects Corner podcast sometime this week. We will let you know and give those fillers out but uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. <laughs>